Good afternoon, ladies. We're going to go ahead and get started here. It's great to see you this afternoon, and I know that everyone's still grabbing some lunch a little bit. As you do that, I'm going to go ahead and open us in prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful, Father, to have this time together in your word this morning, as well as now this time of fellowship and of hearing about the ministry in Spain, Lord. We're so thankful for the Corral family, Lord, how you have called them to yourself, how you have trained them and brought them to Grace Church, Lord, to get more training, Lord, and now how you are preparing them to return to the ministry there, Lord. We're excited and eager to hear from them this afternoon. Thank you for bringing them here. We praise you for the food that you've provided for us this morning. We thank you for the ladies who had such servants' hearts, Lord, to be willing to prepare the food for us. And God, we ask your blessing on the time. In your son's name, amen. Well, ladies, I wanted to draw your attention for the rest of the month to our schedule. If you remember, of course, next week we have our Easter break, so we won't have EWG or Mindset next week. And I wanted to let you know that something unusual is on the schedule the following week. You may have noticed that it says a pre-recorded video from Davis Prickett. So I wanted to just give you a little briefing on that and explain to you what that is about. So as you know, one of our main goals of Mindset for Missions is to um, give you a perspective and an update and to basically introduce you to the missionaries and their ministries that we have at Grace Church. And as you know, we have quite a few missionary families, and a good majority of them are not actually able to be at Mindset for Missions, just due to scheduling or just the fact that sometimes they don't even come to the States during the academic year for their ministry. Um, so the ones that are able to be here, we're so grateful to have the opportunity. It's a blessing to us. And by God's grace, we've been able to use Skype for a lot of the ones that aren't able here as well. And that's been a special joy as we get to even see them in their context and get even sometimes a little bit of a better feel for what it's like as we hear the dogs barking through the middle of the night in the background or the power going in and out. So that gives us a wonderful treat as well. But you know what? There's are still even more that are not able to even Skype with us, either due to the remoteness of their location, the time difference, or even for security reasons. Um, over the Internet, it's not necessarily safe for all of our ministries to be discussed over the Internet. So we've started to explore just some different opportunities because we don't want you guys to not know about those ministries or those missionaries. We want you guys to still have the joy of hearing about those as well and to be able to pray for them with more knowledge of what's going on there. So we decided that um, we would try something new. So Davis Prickett was here um, earlier this month, and though he wasn't able to be with us for Mindset, we thought, well, let's take this opportunity. And we did a special interview with Davis, and the AV team from Grace was so um, gracious to film that for us and are putting that video together for you. So that's a special update that you will see from Davis to you guys, um, and we'll get to watch that video next week. And when you see it, you will understand what I mean by remoteness of location, because Davison is a very unique situation in Chad, Africa. So you will really enjoy this video and this special opportunity to hear from him um, in two weeks. Okay? So just so you have an explanation of what that will be. So today we have the privilege of having Daniel and Aida Corral with us and two of their children. Well, three technically, right? (laughs) And I wanted to also let you know, in case you weren't familiar, um, another interesting fact is that Daniel is the brother of Loida Robles. So we know David and and Loida, who are in Leon, leading the training center there. And so Daniel and Loida are siblings. And so there's a wonderful family connection here. And I got to hear just a little bit about the rest of the family. And by God's grace, just the testimony and the legacy of their parents and how all the siblings are involved in ministry now in Spain, by God's grace. So we're really excited to have them with us today. So Daniel, thank you for being here with us.
Well, good afternoon. It's such a privilege to be here with you. And also thank you for the opportunity of just sharing some time and also some perspective about Spain and our journey back to Spain. As uh, Alex was mentioning, I was born and raised in a Christian family. My dad was a bivocational pastor for most of my childhood. And that really made an impact on my life. Because there was a time in my life where I had to decide, okay, am I following my parents' God or is it my real God? So it was by his mercy that he really showed him to myself through the Bible and through other godly men. And I got saved at an early age. But because of my father's um, commitment to the gospel and how everything was developing in our, in our family, we, were, we are four siblings, all of them born within five years. So we are really tied, one each other, in a sense. <laughs> and so the economy wasn't one of the best economies where you grew up. So I promised myself that my family will not go through ministry as I went. So I promised myself that I will get a good job, good education, I will be a successful businessman and just provide so that nobody will go through the things that I went through as a kid. And in a sense, the Lord just did provide for a good education. The Lord did provide for a good uh, job. And I was the manager in a German bank for the last 12 years. We were making good money. We didn't have to pay attention to, to our bank account because it was a healthy one. And we were supporting uh, people who were studying at masters, people in our church, people who were in the, in the training centers, people who were already just in ministry. But something didn't work in our family. And I wasn't feeling well. And my wife knew that I wasn't feeling well. And there is a key. It's the way I sleep. If I sleep bumping every night, there's something going on. So she knew that there was something going on. So maybe it was a mix between Samuel when he was a kid that he didn't understand God's voice. Or maybe it was a, just like Jonah who was listening to something, but he didn't want to obey God. But finally, I, just, I did contact with three uh, godly men, different people who didn't speak with each other, who knew me really well, and they all three confirmed that maybe God is calling you to be full-time in ministry. Then you have two things to do. Either you obey or disobey. And I can go back to Jonah. What happened to Jonah when he disobeyed? <laughs> so that was the spark of our journey here to the Master's Seminary. That's how we arrived in June 2014. Just my wife, Aida, myself, and two of our kids, Marcos and Olympia, the two oldest ones. So, and it's been a blessing to be here, to be trained under these godly men, to be involved in the church. And I mean... Seminary has been outstanding, but the best part of the journey has been being involved in the church. 
and especially in the Spanish ministry. That's where we serve. We were under the shepherding of Pastor Tolopilo, Marco Mahoney, and so many other godly men. So that was an outstanding blessing. So this is us, as you can see. I don't know if you can read the names. That's me, Daniel. I'm 42 years old. Mateo, who is around somewhere around here, back on. He's nine months old. He was born July the 4th, so he's a true American. <laughs> yeah. Marcos, who is right now in the middle school, he's 13 years old. Then we have Olympia, who's here with us. She's nine years old. And then we have Aida, my wife, who is beautiful. So <laughs> I cannot reveal her age. And that's Spain. So it's Spain, it's not to the south of L.A., but whether it's to the east of L.A., really far east, and it's like 6,000 miles away, if you go in a straight line, which normally you don't. It's nine hours ahead of us. And so that you can make a comparison, it has the same size as Texas. So it's one of the biggest countries in, in Europe, but it's not a huge country like the U.S. As you see, it's in the south part of uh, Europe. It has a Mediterranean climate, so we have four seasons, four separate seasons, winter, summer, fall, and spring. And we have two interesting facts. Here should be Israel, and here is where Jonah was and when he was he, when he was called to Nineveh, he just grabbed a ship and he wanted to go to where? To Tarsus. Where was Tarsus? In the coast of Spain. So he wanted to go all the way from east as far as he could go to the west to disobey God. So that's the first mention of Spain. And then you know Paul in Romans 15, that he said that he was willing to visit Spain. We don't know if he actually did or did not, but he was willing to go back or to visit Spain. So that's where we are going to be. Madrid is the main city in Spain. It's right in the middle. So that's where our home church is. Madrid is the third biggest city in the European Union. It has 3.1 million people. London has 8.1, Berlin has 3.5, LA, the big LA has 10.2 million, the city of LA, 4 million. So, in a sense, we are pretty much the same size. So, there is a lot of population there. It's also the financial, economical hub of Spain. So, you got a lot of young professionals living there. It's also the main hub for students. You have a between the top five MBAs, there is always a Spanish school who is, that is located in Madrid. So it's a really, a, we got a lot of people, we got a lot of young people, we got a lot of young professionals, but at the same time, it's an old city. Our alma mater, the university where we were both graduate, it was founded in 1293. So that was, yeah, the 13th century. But at the same time, Madrid is a young city because when the Romans walked in Spain, 
there was, there was no Madrid. So Madrid was first known in the ninth century. century. So, but for example, when the Romans were in Spain, they were in Leon. And if you ever go to Leon, you will, and if you attend the church, you will have to walk through a Roman bridge. It was built 200 years before Christ was on earth, and it's still standing. So that's a good praise for him. So it's a young city, even though it's nine centuries old. This is a picture of our local church. That's the building where we are at. That's pretty much in Europe. I mean, we don't have buildings like here where you can have a parking lot or you can have a lot of space. That's Europe. It's different. So we are like in a shop. So that's our, our church. That's our main entrance. The next picture, it's inside the church. So we call it like the shoe box. <laughs> and it really is. As you can see, I mean... We can feed barely 90 people in there. That's the size of our church. And when we have some lunches, we can only set two huge tables and just sit there. So, but that's where the Lord has called us, and that's where our ministry will be. We are going to be returning to our home church. So our ministry will be based, or we'll have two pillars. The first pillar will be the home church. We go back there. I'll be just preaching and teaching, shepherding, just serving and caring for the church, for his church, not my church, and also with a preaching ministry in Madrid and in other areas. So that's where we will be landing in June 22nd, actually, Madrid, our home church. And then the second pillar of our ministry will be with the Berea Institute. That's a TMAI school, which is located up north, three hours north of Madrid in Leon, and that's where our grads are already uh, teaching there. I, you, I will show you some pictures of our grads, and there I will be gradually assisting in teaching, in also with uh, mentoring and grading some current students and serving in any capacity that they need. Right now, as you can see, that's Spain. Madrid is in the middle. Up there is Leon. That's where the TMAI Center is, but right now they have another school that they are starting in the southeast of Spain. So the good thing about Madrid is that I'm three hours driving north and three hours driving south. So that's the good thing about Madrid, that it's right in the middle for everything. Here are some pictures of our grads. You know the Robles family. That's David Robles and my sister, Loida, and my nieces. They were the first, first Spanish grads from TMS. So they went back to Spain in 2004. Then we have the Pidals. They went back to Spain. They went to Spain in 2011, if I don't recall badly. Then you have the Videiras, who are also in, uh, in Leon. They went to Leon in 20, 2014, actually. And then you have the Torres, who are on the west northwest coast. And they went back to Spain in, a, I think it was September 2015. 
will be working in Madrid and we are flying back June 21st, arriving June 22nd because of the nine hours difference. And we also have another family who is being prepared here at TMS right now. It's the Gonzalez family, David and his family with baby Noah right there. And we have his wife there. So Lord willing, they will be back in Spain and they will be joining the team in 2018. So we're really happy and it's been a blessing to be here with them at the same time. And in a sense, that's our ministry. So the question is, how can you be involved? And let me tell you up front that I know, and I'm thankful for your heart for missions, and I know that maybe you have listened to seven, eight, ten TMS grads every year, just going back to their own countries or wherever. But we really need to build a strong army of prayerful women in this case. So please, the first thing that we're going to request for you is that this is a team effort. So we need your prayers. We really need your prayers. So please pray for us. Pray for us as a family. If there is no family, there is no ministry. Pray for us, for our ministry, for the love for our local church, for our commitment to the local church. If there is no family, there is no missions. There is no missions, there is no church. If there is no church, there is nothing else. So please pray for us. And also pray for our monthly support. What about the universe? It was created in what? Six days. So he has time to fully raise our monthly support. But even if we are right now like 55% of it, we are going to go back. And he will provide. So please pray for that. At the same time, please keep praying for us. We need your prayers. So that's why you have some envelopes in your tables with, with a letter, with some updates from our family, from our ministry. And there are also a prayer card. So please, just adopt us as your friends, as your foster kids, whatever you want. And please pray for us. So the good thing about the prayer card is that you can stack it on the fridge or you can put it on your Bible. So when you're daily reading, and so that you can remember to pray for us. And also, if the Lord is moving you to just give a one-time giving to help us with our expenses, with our moving expenses, that will be more than welcome. It's hard to move. It's really hard to move overseas. But the Lord will provide. So we are really thankful for that. Within your card, you will have some... Uh, updates, a letter from us, and also our prayer cards. Um, if you want to receive some ministry updates, please shoot me an email to my uh, email address, and I will gladly just add you to our English uh, <laughs> mailing list. If you receive a Spanish update, just forgive me. <laughs> it's, my, it's my fault. Just write me back, and I will send you the right one. So I just want to be short because it's been a long time for, for you and it's been a long day. But I want to say thank you or gracias, which is the Spanish word. 
And I just want to open this time if you have any questions regarding Spain or regarding us or anything that you want to know. So feel free. Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. There is a huge difference between Spain and Italy. Italy, they are mainly Catholic, and they will remain Catholic. Spain, if you ask them, they will answer you that, yes, I'm Catholic. But the reality is that they are not. They are against God. And that's their mindset. That's how they are wired. For example, I, as I told you earlier, I mean, Spain was the third country to run a bill to uh, allow same-sex marriage back in 2005. So we are talking more than 12 years ago. Right now, they are, there is a poll running with one million people signing up to prohibit Easter. because it has to do with Jesus. And that's such a bad influence for anybody. More examples. In the school where our kids were attending, they, were, they banned the Father's Day because there can be two mothers in a marriage. So why are you gonna have Father's Day? The same with Mother's Day. And even Christmas, because Christmas was religious. So it's a happy holiday. That's what they say. So that's the mindset that it's really going on right now in Spain. And that it's kind of getting into the church. So that's why we need to have healthy churches with healthy pulpits preaching the uh, word of God. And that's where the 26 uh, graduates from 26 different uh, cities are doing right now in Spain. So you can also pray for the Berea Institute. So that's the main difference between Italy, a Catholic country, and Spain, a former Catholic country. There was another hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you can see, let me back up a little bit. Well, you don't see it here, but here it starts Africa. So Spain is like the first country that most of the northern African people, most of the Muslims, will come through, will come to go through finally to France. So France has the biggest Muslim population because of the connection. I mean, the northern countries of Africa, they speak as a second language or the lingua franca, they speak French. So if they come to Spain, they have to learn a second languages. But Madrid has right now the second biggest mosque in Europe, second to Paris. So we do have a great uh, number of Muslims, but most of them are just people who are in a season and transitioning to France or to other European countries. We had a huge economical crisis, so there was no job, no opportunities for them. So they were there just passing through. At the same time, 
There is a, in summer, when they got the summer vacation, the summer break, they will, they may have probably like a month. So they will drive all the way through from Paris, Germany, Netherlands, even from the UK, they will drive through all the way to Spain, to the end of Spain, to grab a ship and just cross over. So we have the opportunity to evangelize them while they are driving through Spain. So something that our church has been working on, it's here, there is, a, there is one here and another one right there. There are huge ports when they will get the cars and just cross through the Mediterranean Sea and get back to Africa. Sometimes they have to wait there for 20 hours, 24 hours, 26 hours, 18 hours. So they are going to be standing in their cars. So it's a great opportunity to share with them a glass of water or a bottle of water and some New Testament in Arabic or French that they can understand. So that's something that we are doing. Sometimes they will say thank you. Sometimes they will just throw it away, but we never know. So we are just um, sharing the gospel. And it's God, the one who is going to save them. So we have to do our job. Thank you for that. That's a good question. Maybe another thing that I should share with you, it's the evangelical population in Spain. Spain is like 44 million people, and the evangelical population is 0.04. And almost the rest of them are what they call agnostic. They don't believe in God, plainly. So that's the mindset, that's the culture, that's the world that we will be going back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our church is like um, almost 50 years old, and it was a result of uh, in the 19th century, uh, we had a lot of a lot of um, British missionaries who came from England to Spain. Most of them were bivocational, so they were helping or they were just working with ships. Or they were working in they were working in mines, with mining with coal, diamonds, gold, silver, whatever. So they will come and they will establish also a church. So that's how the main evangelical movement grew up. But then, like around the 60s, 70s, these people either pass away or they share or they pass on the baton to the nationals to the local pastors. So that's how our, our church came into existence, around 1774, uh, 64, 65. And so most of the people, they were just coming from different parts of Spain. It was also the time of a economical crisis. So the big opportunities were in the big cities. So they were coming there and they were gathering there. And so they came to this, to this church. So most of the families are coming from outside Madrid. And how they, uh, the church grows, it grows through natural growth with our kids. And sometimes you will go to a lot of churches that are like three, four, five families and their extended branches. So it's really hard to win a soul for the gospel. It's really hard. I mean, it's, Their heart, 
Their hearts are doomed. They are pitch black. I mean, here, if you say somebody, God bless you, what will they answer? Well, thank you. Not in Spain. Not in Spain. I mean, they're against everything that has to do with Christ, with God, or with any kind of religion. So it's like, if you share the gospel with them, it's like another truth. It's okay with you. If it works for you, just keep it for you. So that's, that's how hard it is to, to win a soul for Christ. So that's why we need your prayers. And that's, that's also something outstanding in our churches, that it's hard to just get them into the church. So sometimes it will work the one-on-one -on -one fellowship. People from my former bank, where I used to work there, they will see something different in you. Not just what you say, but how you live and what you live. So that will make them ask you questions. And then you have to be there with them, sharing the gospel with them over and over again, inviting them first to your house, then to your house, again to your house. And when you have a strong relationship, you invite them to the church. And maybe they will come. So that's how it works. Yeah. So is it in an apartment or a home? Yeah. As you have seen, that's pretty much that's pretty much Madrid. I mean it's buildings that just like Europe, few people live in houses like here. So we own an apartment, a four bedroom apartment. And not here, just like uh, six miles from the church. So in the outside, we live in the Santa Clarita of Madrid. Yeah, <laughs> outside Madrid. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, how long have we been married? Hmm. Yeah, it's in September, it's going to be 17 years. So um, we met in a Christian camp up in Leon. I, I spent my freshman year in Seattle back in 94, 95. So I went back to Leon where my parents were living, but I knew that I was going back to in Madrid because that's where I was about to study. So I, we had a friend in common, but he didn't tell me anything about her. So the first time that I saw her, it was just love at first sight. <laughs> I knew it right away. I mean, Lord knows that there were no doubts in my heart. So, and it took her a while, <laughs> six days, <laughs> to figure that out. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, July 1995. And then we finally got married in September 2000. It was long five years. But I had to finish college and everything so, to get a job. Yes. How did Aida find the Lord? Well, that's a good question. You correct me if I say anything wrong. But uh, she was born in a Christian family. And pretty much uh, she was fighting with being a nice girl. She has always been a nice girl. She has been always... He has always been good behaved, good manners, 
it's uh, like a dream girl. So it was hard for her to see her as a sinner until she was in a camp and uh, the pastor was were going through Galatians. And so that's where the Holy Spirit illuminated her heart to see her as a, as a sinner. So, and there were also um, a good story. Her parents got divorced when she was seven years old. So that was really devastating for her. But one of the elders just took a hold of her and her siblings, and he was just a figure of a spiritual father. So we will always be in debt to this man. So that's how she came to, to Christ, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, they will go to a public school because in Spain, uh, homeschool is not permitted by the law. So they have to go to school. So the only thing that you try to do is to really have a... It's the same as, as here in the United States. I mean, even though they can, they can be homeschooled or in a public school or in a charter school or whatever, who has to really influence them spiritually? It's our job as parents. So we know that the influence that they're going to have from outside our family, it's going to be worldly. So we don't want that. So we want them to have a good um, Christian mindset. So it's our job to educate them strong in the, in the Bible. So that's our first ministry. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, they do. Well, they were actually going to a bilingual school. So they can have, uh, and that's why we pray that they will keep fresh both English and Spanish, because they have lost most of their Spanish. <laughs> yeah, so pray for them, because <laughs> they will have to pick it up soon. So, yeah. All right, any other questions that you may have? Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. Hello. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys again for being here with us, and we're very excited to hear about the ministry in Spain, about your church, and just the growth. Isn't it exciting to see, again, how the Lord expands these faithful seeds that are planted, and even by God's grace, hearing about these British families who came over to do mining and other things, and the Lord had other plans, didn't he, to use that for the beginning of the church there, the evangelical church. So we're really excited to see how he's expanding that through your family and through your siblings and through other faithful men and their families. So we're going to just close our time in praying for you. All right, let's go ahead and do that. Heavenly Father, you are our good and kind Father, Lord. We're so grateful to be your children, to be called by you, Lord, and we know that not one of us is worthy, and yet you chose to call us nonetheless, God. We thank you for how you call your children in Spain, and though there are few, Lord, we know that they are yours. 
And we know that there are more that you have called, Lord, from Spain. And we're so grateful for the faithful teaching of the men in the churches in Spain, Lord. We thank you for the Robles, for the Pedals, for the Torres, and for the families now preparing to return. Lord, even these national men who have grown up there and by your grace have come to know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord. We thank you for their faithfulness to your word, for their faithfulness to love you, Lord, far beyond the comforts that this world can give. And Father, we pray for Daniel and Friday as they prepare to return, Lord. We ask that even in their hearts, Lord, you will be encouraging them with the joy set before them, Father, the ministry that you have for them. I pray that they would be eager in their hearts to um, continue in the ministry that you've given them there. I pray for their church as they are prepared to receive them back, Lord. I pray that they would be blessed by the welcome of their brothers and sisters there, the family of God. I ask, Lord, that you would be raising up families in their church, Lord, to be a comfort, to be an encouragement and a blessing. I pray that these believers would sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. I ask that you would give them a hunger for your word, a desire for truth, a desire to be growing in their faith, Lord, and that you would use that faithful body of believers, those 90 people, to extend into their community, Lord, and to be faithful testimonies in their workplaces, Lord, and in their friendships and in their children's schools and with the families they meet, God. And may you use them mightily for your kingdom in Spain, God. We thank you again for the Berea Seminary and how you are using that training center so faithfully, Lord. We ask that you would bless Daniel's involvement there as he's able to teach and disciple the men who go through there. We also pray for this time, especially for the baby coming, Lord. We ask that you would give her safety in her pregnancy, and I pray that the little girl, Lord, would be um, healthy and safe as she comes into this world, Lord. And we ask that you would give Aida wisdom and Daniel wisdom as they divide Aida's time between the ministries within the family, Lord, as well as serving the ladies in her church. And Father, we ask for each of their children, God, that you would call them to yourself, that they would come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that you would give them joy and encouragement in their schools, Lord, when they are not accepted or when they are not Um, believing what the popular belief might be in class, Lord. Help them to be strong in their faith and that you would grow them even from a young age, Father. And we pray, Father, that you would give them safety as they return and that we would be encouraged, Lord, in the coming months ahead to hear news of how you are using them for your glory in Spain. We thank you again for our time this morning and ask that you would bless these next couple weeks as we're apart and bring us back safely. In your son's precious name, amen. Thank you, ladies. We'll look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks.